2: What is up, Nets fans? Welcome to the Brooklyn Buzz. I'm your host, Nick Faye. With me, as always, Jack Daniel. Jack, what's up?
1: Sean Marks time.
2: Sean Marks. We had a press conference today. No Kenny Atkinson, but Sean Marks was there. A lot of info to talk about. As always, you can check us out on iTunes, Blog talk Radio, otgbasketball.com, netsrepublic.com, Dash Radio, Google Play, and YouTube. But Jack, get us into it.
1: Yeah, so I guess we'll start off, Nick, with the, the net sort of roster situation. And he called, uh, Sean Mark's obviously called the situation with Wilson Chandler really tough. Um, but he did add that we would definitely look at adding to the roster. Like always, you keep all your options open as long as you can. I think that's what we'll do. We've seen the last few years, our scouts and analytic group have done a heck of a job finding some diamonds in the rough and they've done a heck of a job developing. Our roster is always going to be somewhat flexible. We're not quite as flexible as we have been the last few years, but we'll definitely use that window to look at opportunities.
2: Yeah, I think that's a great point by Sean Marks. Obviously, they want to look at what's out there. I think there was another quote where he mentioned they might even wait until after training camp because some teams are going to be cutting different guys so there might be an opportunity to get somebody they really like. If not, then maybe they end up with a veteran. So he left it kind of open ended, but now you kind of know that they're probably going to get somebody at least for that 20 game stretch.
1: Yeah, and it also seems likely um, that Melo isn't going to be in the roster, uh, and you know the guys that we talked about on the last episode might have a stronger likelihood. And you know I think the training camp, you know Sean Marks is going to exhaust all options to add talent. You know we've heard that, we've seen that. Um, but in relation to that, I guess a little bit is the the quotes on on Rodion's Kurutz, And he says, uh, those allegations we take extremely seriously. We're going to let this play out. Uh, and then he also said that they're going to support the NBA and also uh, Rodion's Kurutz throughout the process too. Um, sort of, you know, pleasantries as you'd expect. Um, and obviously, you know, you have to let the process play out. It's a long one. We spoke about it when the news first came out. There's nothing really to say, I guess, in, in relation to Sean's comments.
2: Yeah, I mean, he said what he was supposed to say. You know, they take these allegations very seriously, like they should. They're going to support Rodion, they're going to support the NBA, and there's really not much to comment on until there's a resolution or the outcome is, you know, finalized.
1: Yeah, and hopefully, like we said, it gets done sooner rather than later. Um, But uh, not necessarily a quote, um, but Kenny Atkinson was supposed to be at the, the presser. Uh, but the Nets say that Kyrie Irving was hit today with an inverted elbow uh, just before the press was about to occur and Kenny was at the hospital with him. Uh, worrying signs at all, Nick?
2: Uh, not really. I think it's something that happens. If you play basketball enough, you're going to catch an elbow. It might be in the face, the stomach, wherever it is. you know. And I'm sure the Nets just want to play it safe because probably made pretty good contact to his head or his face, Check for a concussion, and then obviously Kenny's there to check on and make sure everything goes well.
1: Definitely, um, and we hope that it's it's nothing serious. Um, but it, it's nice that you know Kenny and and Kyrie already developing uh, a non court relationship, I guess to say. Um, I guess we better get to the big one, Nick. We'll start we'll start with some Kevin Durant stuff. Uh, Mark described Kevin Durant's rehab as going very well, um, but you know I was going to literally on today's episode bring up. I'm not sure if you saw the jump yesterday, but they went in pretty hard on the fact that the Nets hadn't shut down. The, the rumors of Kevin around returning. But Sean seemed to sort of do that. Sean Marks, he said, uh, Kevin controls the rehab. He's attacking this like no other. I've been excited to see it. I think we all have how he's approaching this rehab. It's been great, very refreshing and energizing the whole group. At the end of the day, this is a long-term plan here. This was never about this next season. This is about getting an elite athlete back to elite physical shape on the court, whatever that takes.
2: Yeah, another situation where Sean Marks says what he's supposed to say. You know, obviously they want him to rehab at the fullest ability and get back to where he needs to be. But he also made it seem like the decision is a little bit more on Kevin than it is on the Nets. They're not going to push him. They're going to kind of leave it open-ended. And, you know, they're not expecting him to play. He could play, but it would be more so him pushing for it than them pressuring him.
1: Does this change your tack at all about the confidence? I know you were pretty high on him coming back at some point in this season. Does this make you less confident? Does it change anything?
2: It doesn't change anything because I never thought Sean Marks was going to say, you know, we'll see or like, you know, Kevin Durant's going to play or anything like that. This is like the perfect move here is because if he does play, there's no expectation. There's no pressure for when he comes back or a time for him to come back. And he has the option. So it just leaves it up to Kevin Durant and puts, you know, the power to the player.
1: Yeah, I guess you sort of talking about the the Kevin Durant stuff. Pooch sort of put it um, when he put it the quote out. It's obvious he wants to play, but there's more at stake here. It's a long-term approach. It'll be a group decision, which includes Kevin Durant himself. So um, we know, and we've said, you know, the ad nauseum, how how much passion Kevin Durant has for this game. And, you know, there aren't many players that do. And, you know, he's attacking his rehab with, with full gusto and, you know, the, the lack of the limp and all that sort of stuff. So, um, But uh, Sean also did say that he's unsure if he'll make the trip to China. Um, does that mean anything to you, Nick? No, I think it, it
2: makes sense probably not to go. I think Sean Marks also mentioned, you know, going in and out of airplanes, long trip, like, doesn't really sound good for a guy rehabbing.
1: No. And, you know, obviously, for the muscle recovery and all the, the ligaments around there and everything uh, relating to the Achilles, it's not good. You know, we've all been on, on well, at least some of us have been on some long term flights and stuff, and we know how much it's sort of, uh, messes with your body uh, overall including those lower leg muscles when you sort of especially uh, if
2: you're seven feet tall <laughs>
1: uh, certainly certainly um and did it surprise you Nick that Sean marks said he's never spoken to Kevin about what happened in golden State that led him to tearing his achilles he said that I don't think he wants to talk about it that's in the past uh
2: not really I, you know I wasn't super surprised like If Kevin Durant wanted to talk about it, he would have talked about it with Sean. Like, hey, make sure you guys never push me back. But we also heard KD say he didn't feel there was any pressure from the Warriors. It was more so he wanted to get back on the court. And it was always a goal to play in that game. So it doesn't really surprise me. And I don't think Sean Marks is the kind of guy to ask about, like, bad situations in the past. I don't think he goes to Kyrie and says, you know, how was the locker room in Boston? You know, I think that's kind of like the past. And Sean wants to move forward with the Nets and the culture they have.
1: Yeah, definitely. I think it's just about, you know, establishing what's going forward. And, you know, you don't need to necessarily bring up the past in that. If Kevin wants to talk about it, he'll bring it up with Sean Marks, Kenny Atkinson and his teammates. Um, But a little tiny little tidbit quote on uh, Sean Marks wishing D'Angelo Russell well. Um, We wish D'Angelo all the best, but we're excited having Kyrie here.
2: Yeah, I thought that was nice to slip it in there because it seemed like there were starting to become some questions about D'Angelo. There was also like a lot of people didn't like that he left the Nets. And I think it was nice to Sean to take a minute to say, you know, they wish him the best. And they're excited about Kyrie, so he, you know, played it perfect.
1: Yeah, and and I think that, you know, when it comes to these sort of situations, it was a benefit for for all. You know, D'Angelo Russell got his money, uh, he got paid, and he's in a wonderful situation in Golden State. The Nets were able to land Kevin Durant and uh, a sneaky pick, which could hopefully be a first-rounder, but is more likely to be uh, two seconds going forward. But uh, he also quoted, uh, talked about the ownership. Uh, All my interactions with Joe and his family lead me to believe that this place is set up for success. It starts at the top and Joe's at the top. His family values and the way he conducts his own business, his personal life. I've personally seen seen him give talks at Alibaba. He can come give one of those talks anytime he wants. We can all learn from that. It's going to be great.
2: Yeah, I mean, he's an extremely successful guy. We talked about the ability he'll bring to the Nets from a marketing perspective, just having that reach in Asia. And, and you know, you don't get to where he's at, you know, uh, mistakenly. So he's worked hard, and I think it's going to be really good. I obviously haven't felt any type of negative feeling with Joseph Sai. I've just felt like a lot of confidence moving forward, and it could even be a more positive transition. And I think there was another point in the press conference where Sean Marks said, you know, having ownership kind of back you up helps, like, build confidence for the organization.
1: Yeah, I think that uh, Joseph Tsai is showing, you know, doing and showing all the right things to to begin his his tenure as the as the Nets owner. Um, he's incredibly passionate. He's uh, posting some videos of him hooping as well in China, um, so probably uh, hanging out with Joe Harris a little bit over there too for for the fever experience. Um, you know, nothing but good things, and obviously you want to have that. You know, the the relationship between GM and owner is incredibly important, and we know that. Billy King has said in the past, he wish he had a stronger uh, relationship with Mikhail Prokhorov. So the fact that that's already there, that's already embedded. uh, And we know what Joseph Steyer is as an owner. We know what he's like with his business ventures. He's an incredibly savvy man. uh, And he seems incredibly passionate. He wants success. um, And obviously the signing um, and getting David Levy on board as well. Um, The whole ownership process, everything that's happening up top, uh, seems to be incredibly positive uh, for the Brooklyn Nets franchise.
2: Yeah, you feel really good about it, especially, you know, you obviously feel great about the court, you know, with the signing of Kyrie and KD and the young talent they have, but then having a great front office, a great owner, and all the other parts of the organization being really good, the Nets are in probably one of, arguably the best position in franchise history.
1: Uh, Yeah, it's probably the easiest thing to say when you have two of the five, ten best superstars on your roster, but um, I guess pertaining to that, we'll speak a little bit about DeAndre Jordan. Um, he said he's really excited about DeAndre. He's a voice out there expecting big things from DJ.
2: Yeah, I like that. And I think he also referenced that he had played against DeAndre Jordan in his playing career. So he knows how big and physical he can be and to kind of show a little bit of uh, confidence in him. And I think we've kind of mentioned on the last buzz, there's a higher expectation playing with you know Kyrie and KD. And it could be a big bounce back year for DeAndre Jordan.
1: Yeah, definitely. You know, we spoke about it a little uh, on the last pod in relation to Jared Allen. Um, it's going to be an absolute battle for those minutes at the centre position. But, you know, DeAndre looks engaged. He could be that sort of vet presence. Um, he could galvanise the roster because he is the sort of go-between a lot of guys. You know, he's he's incredibly close with Kevin and Kyrie. Um, and you hope that he can sort of be that sort of bridge between everyone and not just be a, a positive force on the court, but hopefully off it as well. True. Um, but we're going to talk about my boy Joey Harris. He's, and Sean said we've got to be careful with Joe Harris's workload after the World Cup and adds that they were extremely proud that Joe is a Nets.
2: Yeah, it's definitely something to watch out. Obviously, a lot of wear and tear in his body. You know, he hasn't had, a, you know, this type of summer experience before. So playing in the FIBA games, they want to make sure when he comes back that he's getting the proper workload, not too much, not too little. And obviously, you know, the performance team is going to be on top of that.
1: Yeah. And then heading back to China as well. Yeah, um, true.
2: And that's just a lot, a big toll on your body.
1: Yeah. So, I, I mean, you know, if, if the Nets staff want to be conservative and, and keep Joey here, I certainly wouldn't be adverse to that to sort of, if they believe rehab is more important or they think that he can get some, um, a greater amount of value uh, heading back for the preseason games against the Lakers. Uh, we'll have to wait and see how that plays out. But you know that I'll be watching that with a very close eye. Yeah. <laughs> um, But, Nick, we've uh, also heard a comment on Kenny because Kenny wasn't necessarily there. Uh, Kenny Atkinson has shown the growth. He's his biggest critic. Nobody puts more hours in and is more demanding of himself than Kenny.
2: Yeah. I mean, and this kind of was just confidence from Sean Marks. And he also mentioned how the players tend to get behind Kenny because he works so hard and he holds himself to the highest, highest standard. So I think this should rub some of the new guys really well, especially a guy like Kyrie Irving. You know, that's Sean also mentioned this press conference being in the gym the last three weeks religiously. Kenny's that same type of person who's going to continue to work and work. So you love to hear that. And obviously it seems like Kenny and Sean have a great relationship.
1: Oh, definitely. It's always been that way. It's the, the kenny and sean show and that's what it's been like since 2016 and they've sort of established themselves and now uh, they can sort of take a back seat against the superstar talent that we've sort of got but i guess that relates to the culture uh and obviously it wouldn't be a sean marks presser if there wasn't a question about <laughs> culture um and he and i quote every bit everybody's been around and has been driving this culture together this isn't one or two guys it's an army between the whole group here from players to staff to everybody They'll be driving this culture. It's going to be an interesting challenge. It's going to be nice to see guys come in from other organizations, see what they bring to the table, because by no means was our culture perfect. Culture's always evolving. Everybody's culture should should be evolving. To be quite frank, if you're not, you're probably staying stagnant and everybody else is going to pass you by.
2: I think this was a great approach to it because we know there's going to be different personalities and the the teams maybe will have a different identity and the locker room will be a little bit different. So they're going to adapt to the new pieces, you know, bring some new things in, you know, keep some of the old things they had in terms of the culture. So I think it's just a great way to approach that and the whole whole priority of culture in the Nets organization, the fact that he understands that, you know, it's not going to maintain this way where you have to continue to work at it and improve.
1: Yeah, I think that, you know, if you're not, Uh, evolving then you're you're remaining stagnant i think that's probably the main thing to take away from what sean said i think that it would be silly to just bank on everything that they did well in 18 19 and 17 18 when you have a completely new kettle of fish that could bring new positives new negatives new challenges with them Um, and I think that you know when you speak about culture it's the thing that gets brought up about the Brooklyn that's more than any other the fact that now that there's Kyrie Irving in there and Kevin Durant all these sort of people uh, everyone's sort of saying that the culture is sort of being broken and you know they're going against the brand that they've built in in Brooklyn in the first place I think that's incredibly silly and I think that culture is a relative term and I think that you can build a culture around whatever you have uh, and I think it can be a special culture with the voices that that we have in the roster the, the coaching staff the, the players especially I think that that's where it starts and obviously coach Kenny is at the helm of that and I think he's probably going to control things and you know I think that one thing that we like already is the fact that you know him and and Kyrie you know I think Sean touched on it as well the fact that they're spending that little bit extra time together heading to the hospital not the best time you want to spend together but it's still <laughs>
2: Yeah, it is. I mean, any type of positive relationship between Kyrie and the head coach is important because we know last year with Brad Stevens it wasn't great. So I think any type of positive you can take from that is always good.
1: Yeah, it's it's a it's a good foundation at least at that, this early point heading into training camp. Um, and Nick, I'll touch we'll touch on Toy and Prince. Um, and he said, we're banking on someone rising. And he names Toyin Prince first. Uh, it also joined Spencer Dinwiddie as a person who's pinpointed uh, Toyin Prince as a guy who shone in the offseason workouts.
2: And I think this is a guy we've been kind of excited about on the NBA Outlet Nets preview that's about to drop. We both, I think, we're excited about what he can bring to the team. And I think... Being in Atlanta, just maybe not being a fit for what they were looking for or being part of the old regime, they wanted to kind of get him out of there. And the Nets really like what he can do. And he's a great fit with the roster, especially with that three-point shot and having the other stars and the potential defensively and attacking the rim. So I think Torian Prince is almost an NBA player that's kind of forgotten about because he missed so much time last year playing on the Hawks. There's just not a ton of media over there. So I I could definitely see him being a guy that really pops off this year.
1: I think he's the the easiest name to sort of say because – um, you know, in the in the breakdowns that I've done for netsrepublic.com, his three-point shot is, is incredibly wet. And I think that, you know, if you were replacing him with Alan Crabb, he also has the ability to drive. He's almost like an amalgamation of the three-point shot of Alan Crabb with the driving ability of Damari Carroll and that sort of savviness and strength as well. Um, so he could put the ball on the floor. And then, you know, obviously he hasn't shown defensive engagement for for long enough. Um, but obviously I think that that's where we can see probably the biggest growth from him because, you know, we've probably seen a lot from him on the offensive end. The growth that will show, uh, I think is going to be on the defensive end. So if he can continue to show that and, uh, heading into the season, I think he's going to take a massive jump. And obviously there's a contract here, contract year for him as well. So he's going to be motivated in that sense to, to earn a nice little payday. And the fact that the Nets have the, his rights as well, they'll be able to offer him, Uh, the biggest chunk of money and and the longest sort of deal so uh, he's got plenty of reasons to be motivated uh and Prince and obviously he's got a nice little relationship with Kevin Durant as well
2: yeah and it's just different being in a winning situation you know I believe his rookie season they were still winning in Atlanta but after that you know a lot of losses piling up getting a change to a culture that's about winning and competitiveness I think will really help him and obviously playing with some of the best players he's ever played with Kyrie and Kevin Durant
1: Definitely. Uh, and I guess the the overarching goals from Sean Marks, Nick, uh, I think we would be in the wrong business if we said our goal is to be sort of sustainable and along for the ride of mediocrity. Uh, none of those words exist with us. We're going to compete at the highest level and we expect the ultimate goal. That's why we're in this business, whether that comes whenever, but we're definitely not going to limit ourselves and say we have to do it then or we have to do it there. Part of the fun is this journey along the way.
2: And that's kind of how Sean has always been. It's always been about a championship. It's never been about these small jumps. It's always about how can we get to the big goal of winning a championship? And, you know, what do we have to do to get there? Are we there yet? Do we have to make smaller moves? What are the improvements? And like you said, the journey getting there is really the challenge. And then, you know, you get to celebrate for a quick second, then it's on to it again.
1: Yeah, and I think a lot of other sort of reporters have quoted um, in, in respect to, he, he commented on, you know, it's not about winning against New York or winning over the Knicks. It's just about creating our own sort of goals here. And, you know, the surprises that happened uh, last season were the impetus of the, of the playing group. They were really driven to make the playoffs. And, and Kenny and Sean weren't necessarily as confident in that. They had lower expectations. So now to hear Sean talk about this, obviously, if you're not in the championship business, then, then why are you even here? Um, But at the end of the day, to hear him even say ultimate goal and, and, you know, what we're really competing for, uh, it seems, uh, despite the fact that it seems true to what he he is and his ethos, uh, I can't remember the last time we sort of heard these overarching large goals, but I guess that's what happens when you land Kyrie and Katie in free agency.
2: Yeah, I think you jumpstart the, you know, the rebuild or where it was, wherever they were in terms of progress. You sign two guys like this, things just speed up extremely quickly.
1: Definitely. Uh, And I guess uh, a final one on the fan base a little bit, Nick. Uh, That will happen and probably has happened organically. There will be a different fan base, a growing fan base. Let's touch on the fan base a little bit, but is is it plain and simple, the fact that the Nets now have Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant, that automatically brings you a a different set of eyes?
2: It does. It brings you the player fans and this is like how the nba is as it's i've gotten older i've noticed this less people are you know following teams you have a lot of people who follow players you know they're big fans of Kyrie or kevin durant now they're going to be watching the nets on a regular basis and then also just more spotlight on the team is going to bring more attention to it somebody else is going to catch eyes on the team that might not have in the past so just bring those names just going to help and open a whole bunch of different avenues
1: Yeah, I think I even did an article for a couple of years ago or a year and a bit ago for OJTBasketball.com about just the the growing nature of how um, this sport is supported. And I think because the athletes are just so marketable and so accessible, uh, then that is, you know, the the greater impetus than following a, a franchise from your hometown or whatever it might be. Because, you know, the kids that are on the come up now, they follow the, the Kyrie Irving, they follow Kevin Durant, LeBron James, Stephen Curry. And, you know, you've got two of them on your roster, two of probably the biggest guys when it comes to, you know, uh, putting bums on seats and selling tickets and selling jerseys and selling merch. Uh, you know, I think that the fan base is going to grow. Um, the level it can grow. I know that there are lofty goals for David Levy uh, and the rest of the franchise, but um, I'm really hoping that I think the biggest thing over everything, I think Sean Mark said this as well, is that winning. If we win, then we are going to get plenty of tickets sold. We're going to sell plenty of jerseys, um, but the on-court product has to be the focus.
2: Yeah, it is. And if you win championships, you're going to get fans. It's just easy how it is, especially if you win multiple championships.
1: Definitely. Uh, And I guess we'll sort of finish on Nick um zach lowe and kevin Arnabitz are on a podcast today haven't listened to it yet myself but there's been some uh, some good aggregation from some people on twitter um and i guess that there's probably three points that i want to touch on one is that zach lowe thinks the nets might trade for a third star how likely do you think that is happening and is i mean i was probably going to bring this up on the last pod but we sort of went on for quite a bit and we were time restricted is that third star bradley Beal?
2: You know, I really don't see the Nets making a move for a third star this season. I think it would be more likely to happen in the off season or next season, because obviously with Durant possibly coming back or not coming back, I don't think it necessarily makes a ton of sense to make a move for a third star right now, because who knows, you might have a third star on the roster.
1: Yeah, I think you, you've made that point pretty clear. And I think that might make a trade for a third star there is no timeline to that i haven't listened to the pod, obviously but if by february the nets are really rolling um and maybe that it, it just means that you know that third star that bradley bill sort of type uh, I, I guess with the the way to analyze it is what is the gap between Karis lavert and bradley beale because that's essentially the crux of it and if you were to lose you know Karis lavert and spencer Dinwiddie, which is essentially what Bradley Beal's contract is now because he hasn't signed an extension. He's around that $25, $30 million mark. Probably chuck in, you know, maybe a Rodion's chorus or someone else as well. You know, what are you losing compared to what you are gaining? You know, you're losing a little bit of depth there, but you're also gaining a, a real superstar and probably <clears throat> one of the most underrated superstars because, you know, Bradley Beal is an all-NBA player, but he's playing in one of the worst markets who gets the least amount of coverage. So I think that, you, I, I think you're right, and I'm on your bandwagon. Wait and see. See what happens. Maybe KD's back. Maybe Carlos establishes himself. We didn't the season preview for him. We have higher hopes for him. And I guess from then, you make the, the decision. Do we really need that third start? Is this going to push us over the edge to get that goal that we, taught, we sort of touched on earlier with Sean Marks, and that's the championship?
2: Yeah, and I think a lot, too, depends on the package. You know, how much are you giving up? If you're only giving up of one of Spencer and Karrison, maybe the move makes sense because you're still maintaining depth and adding one of these, like you said, one of the best shooting guards in the NBA who had an incredible season that really not a ton of people talked about because the Wizards were so bad. So there's a lot of different avenues obviously there's going to be other names on the table that come out there and it all becomes kind of a leverage thing too do teams know that you're trying to make a move for that third star you able to kind of get 80 cents on a dollar or something like that it's all about the package and you know the the building of the roster because flexibility wise we know cap space the nets aren't going to have it pretty much the entire time Kyrie and katie are here
1: no not at all so they have to make those those moves on the margins and every move that they do make has to be done with due diligence as it always is. Um, Zach Lowe also thinks that the Nets will make a trade for a power forward. Um, we sort of talk, touched on it, and Sean sort of alluded, Sean Marks alluded to it, uh, that power forward spot. Um, is there a time when you think that the Nets could make a trade, Nick? Or do you think it's a wait and see how it plays out during training camp, maybe the first month of the season, and then go, all right, well, who's, uh, who's on the, the roster wings here? Who can we sort of make a trade for around that December mark uh, when all the contracts become you know, a, a, a available for trade?
2: Yeah, I think it's maybe something they probably start looking at December because, like you said, that's when the contracts really become available, and then they could make an upgrade. I don't think it would be a huge move at power forward because the Nets at this time really just don't have a ton of tradable contracts unless they move like Spencer Dinwiddie. You know, a lot of the guys are making you know low low salary cap hits unless you're trading DeAndre, but you're probably not going to do that being a good friend of Kevin Durant and Kyrie. So the avenues aren't necessarily there. I think it would be a small move where maybe it's like an average starting power forward or just a guy to bring off the bench to give you some more depth because there is an issue at that spot.
1: There is. And, and we've touched on that in the in the team uh, outlet preview that will be out very, very soon. Uh, and a final one, Nick. And, I think and just sort of- actually
2: one more point, too, is that a lot depends on what happens with Rodeons and how Wilson Chandler looks when he comes back. Is he looking good? Because, you know, if those two guys are playing really well at the pow- power forward spot. Then, hey, you don't need to make that move.
1: Yeah, I think that there needs to be a somewhat of patience to it, but at the same time, you know, you want to strike while the iron's hot. If you're having a good start yeah. to the season, you want to have that, you know, element of flexibility on the on the power forward spot. You know, you don't want to necessarily play toy and Prince a heap of minutes there. You know, what is going to happen with Rodion's courts? I think that Zach is probably one of the most, more astute NBA minds and you know, he might be looking to the fact that, look, Rodion's courts might not be on the roster, uh, and and Wilson Chandler certainly isn't going to be there. So, uh, the the power forward position, be it a Lance Thomas, be it a Luau Dang, or be it maybe a a better version of like a Trey Lyles or something like that, who's been linked in the past, or uh, a Wancho Hernan Gomez, these sort of guys that could be on the wings that are on low sort of cap holds, uh, we'll certainly be watching it. And and I think hopefully whatever uh, uh, Sean Marks does, he's going to be looking to add value uh, to the roster and add talent in any way possible. But, Nick will finish with uh, what we finished with yesterday, but this time it's Kevin Ardovitz and Zach Lowe. They think that Jared Allen will not be the starter.
2: Yeah, we discussed it yesterday. It's a possibility, but I think also Jared has the ability to go out and win the spot. Like if he plays an extremely high level and shows a lot of improvement, I think it's his spot to lose. But DeAndre obviously is the vet. They know what to expect with him. We kind of detailed it yesterday, the differences between their games.
1: Yeah, I think that, you know, just... As much as I want Jaron Allen to be the starter, I, I think that DeAndre Jordan will be the starter. Um, and I think that just because of things that we've heard already from, from today's presser, you know, he's saying all the right things, probably doing all the right things behind the scenes as well. Um, Jaron Allen isn't going to be playing power forward as much as he wants to think so, um, unless he's hitting that three ball at an incredible rate. And even though, which is really frustrating, I'm sure other Nets fans who have 2K um, would, would echo my sentiments, they keep playing them together when you let the CPU <laughs> do the rotations. And it's just like, I have no spacing out here. Like, Jared Allen's hanging out on the perimeter. DeAndre's hanging out the perimeter. Put on freaking Wilson Chandler or, or Rodion's courts for me. It's, it's, it's a dumb game sometimes. But, yeah, yeah. I think the likelihood that we saw when we spoke about it, we sort of went into depth, the strengths and weaknesses that each of these players have. I think that you know, I would be surprised if DeAndre Jordan is a starter for you know 60 games or so i think that the the starter duties could almost be split 50 50 throughout the season depending on matchups depending on you know injury status you know John could be rested a few games here and there we know jared allen i uh, guess rested a, f- a few games here and there as well there's going to be bumps and bruises along the way so uh, it's certainly the storyline that we'll be watching and i think that uh, we won't stop speaking about it because until opening night happens and even throughout the season it's probably going to linger as a topic uh, for brooklyn nets fans
2: and I also don't think it's a, a huge deal. People are going to make a bigger deal out of it than it is. You know, the the main, you know, is Jared Allen going to get the starter minutes? Is he going to be playing a lot? Is DeAndre going to be playing huge minutes? I think Jared's still going to probably see more minutes. And I think DeAndre just might be a bitter, better fit with a starting lineup, especially if they play small if Rodion's isn't available and Torian Prince is at the four. You really need a physical presence at center.
1: Yeah, and I think um, Cam sort of touched on it um, in the comments yesterday on my Twitter. Um, I think that there's some, some really nice potential for Kyrie and DJ to develop a chemistry um, and within the pick and roll offensively as well. Um, so I think that obviously, you know, DeAndre is going to have to be more defensively engaged. But uh, we could speak about this topic for an entire podcast. But um, there was plenty of topics to talk about, Nick. And, you know, yesterday we did a bloody podcast on the Nets News. Who knows what could happen tomorrow?
2: Yeah, we got another player preview probably coming up this week as well with Media Day on Friday. So more Nets content incoming. You know, as always, we appreciate you guys taking the time to listen to the show. Uh, ratings, reviews are very much appreciated. And obviously, you can find us on iTunes, Box Talk Radio, Basketball.com, netsrepublic.com, Dash Radio, Google Play, and
0: YouTube. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines.